I solemnly swear that I will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Hi everyone, Ronnie from the Truth About Addiction. Today we got Tim Bradshaw um, as a special guest, and Tim's got a company called Art of Light Studios. He's a photographer. He's a human being. He's a man. And he's a recovering addict. And you know, I've known Tim for a little while now. How long have I known you, Timmy? Uh, 1983, I first tried to get clean. And you were uh, in the same rehab. Well, I think I showered you, didn't I? <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Jesus. And I was a kid. I was like 19, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I was probably too early, too young to be in there, I guess. But, well, uh, no, that's not true. I, I was... I just wasn't ready at the time. I remember when you nearly chopped your arm off with the chain. Yeah, look at that. Fuck. Still got that big scar there. Look right through the bone. Yeah. I'd only been there about three days when you did that. <laughs> For the viewers, it wasn't intentional. It was an accident. <laughs> oh, the boys in the Gunya Lodge was trying to take you down, I think. <laughs> There's a funny story to that because the same guy that cut me, Steve Banks, I'd try to murder him in prison. He's a big man. He's he a was big a big man. guy, yeah. And we were using together on the street, and he started screwing my girl, and he came in. And I set him up to get – I was going to stab him. And the guy that I'd sent up to get him to bring him down to the back where the toilets are got the wrong guy. And Banks, he seen it go down. He tied up the big steel bars and ran straight off to the over to the other side of the office where the screws were and said – Put me in protection, put me in protection. Ronnie Schultz going to kill me. So, yeah, so it's a funny story. And Guys were tight as fuck. Yeah, in the end. Yeah, but that's using. Yeah, totally. And that's prison. You know, that's the bullshit life of being a junkie, criminal, fraud. Good word. And mm. this bravado bullshit. Fuck, I love being clean. So tell me your story about recovery, my friend. You're using story and your recovery story, but I love the recovery part of it. And I, and I like who... And to be quite honest, Timmy, I've asked you to come on this show because I like the human being you've grown into. Thank you. Um, well, you know, my, my, my story, you know, for a long time I thought it wasn't tough enough and hard enough and, you know, I, you know, I never did prison. So, you know, I, you know I, I'm not that guy, you know. I was too frightened to do crime. You know, I grew up on the North Shore of Sydney, you know, and, in you know, I was adopted as a baby and that was probably the you know, the catalyst for a lot of my abandonment stuff and rejection stuff and, uh, that made me sort of drove the sort of person that I am. But um, heroin wasn't my drug because, you know, like sex on heroin was like a four-hour game of soccer for a nil-all draw, you know. It was, but, yeah, anyway, I, I was an uppers guy, you know, and um, I was in the music biz and, I, you know, I smoked a lot of pot and, I you know, shot a lot of speed and, you know, all, that, all those drugs. You know, I'm just glad ice wasn't around when I got clean. You know, but like I said to you before, you know, I, I, I first tried to get clean when I was 19, you know, and because um, I knew, I knew that there was something wrong, there was something different, you know. And, you know, we talk about addiction as an illness, you know, and I really related to that, you know. I went into that facility and it wasn't long after that the bloke who set it up uh, had gone from there. There was a pamphlet about, you know, the disease of addiction and I read it and I was like, fuck. That's me. I am that guy, you know. And um, and I was like nineteen at the time, and I hadn't done <clears throat> a lot of stuff that you know I ended up doing. Um, 
you know, when, after I left uh, uh, that rehab, you know, and I was there for 15 months and then I left because I, you know, like I said, I just wasn't ready. I don't think I was ready to, you know, embrace, you know, abstinence. Really? What? Everything? You know? Um, anyway, I used for another 10 years after that and did all the shit that, you know, everyone does, you know? Um, and I was, I was a pathetic using addict, you know, I was just, you know, you know, I think back on that stuff and I just makes my skin crawl. I was no big time drug dealer, get, you know, fucking, I didn't get, ever left the country, let alone the fucking suburb I was living in, you know, um, I didn't smuggle drugs. I didn't, you know, the funny thing was when I got clean, I, I missed the um first class travel and the, you know, Hotel suites full of naked women and big piles of drugs that never fucking happened. <laughs> I miss her. Well, it was gonna. I was close. <laughs> I was not close at all. You know, but when I got clean, you know, I was, and I was, I was sad and I was lonely and uh, I'd been frightened all my life. I was just, you know, completely lost. You know, recoveries. Yeah, it's an extreme sport, mate. It's not for the faint of heart. If you're looking for an easy ride, this ain't it. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you said, you know, uh, being clean is, I just couldn't imagine it any other way. They had me, how did you get clean? Oh, you know, stopped using drugs, you know. It's not rocket science. You know, you get clean because, for whatever reason, you know, I've known people who get clean because they're frightened they're going to go to prison again, or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what your reason is. Just matters that you know you you hang in and you know one one fucking lousy day at a time you know and that's kind of how I've done it you know and it's I've had lots of ups and downs in recovery and um yeah you know, been married uh, twice you know and the first one was fifteen years of, of you know <clears throat> which was you know mostly great you know but you know it ended and um you know the divorce is is horrible for for anybody you know. Um, but for someone as insecure and, um, you know, uh, doubtful as I am, uh, it was really hard. You know? um, but, you know, you get through it. And, um, you know, I'm married again now, you know, the, the disease of forgetfulness maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm with a really good lady now. You know, she's uh, teaches yoga and she's, uh, she's, she's uh, you know, very funny. Good person studying psychology, so I'm in for a bit of a rocky ride, I guess. I don't know. You know what you expect when you get clean is not really what comes. You know, you, you kind of think getting clean means you're going to be some square head and, um, you know, riding around on a bike, you know, with a basic text in your hand saying, "Hey, have you heard the good word?" You know, it's just nothing like that. You know, everything that um, I thought it would be, it's not. You know. Uh, my whole world has just expanded and, you know, all the shit that I was never able to do, I've done and can do, you know. I mean, like I always often say to people, you know, it's a good day to die. You know, I'm not afraid of dying now because there's nothing really left that, you know, I wouldn't be lying on my deathbed going, geez, I wish I'd fucking, you know, because I've done some amazing things in nearly 30 years, you know. Recovery is not for the, you know, it, you don't have to be big and tough and have done lots of prison and used piles of heroin and, you know, you can be a pot smoker, you know. I, I sponsored a guy once and that, he was a pot smoker, but he was, you know, he was as much of an addict as anybody, you know, and um, 
addiction is not about what you used and how much money you had or any of that stuff. It's, you know, I was talking to someone today about it. It's not what, it's why. Why did you use? And for me, drugs were a sanctuary. You know, I felt safe when I was stoned because I, you know, I was so unsure of myself in the world, you know. And, and I think when you get clean, that's the big journey, coming into yourself and feeling that you're okay in the world and you're not such a loser. You know, I don't want to go into the, de- you know, the, you know, the rough details. You know, I lived rough for a while. I did all the things that you do when you're, when you're a struggling addict, you know, stole from people that I loved. Um, Help them look for their wallets, you know, you know, all that shit. I still feel, you know, a degree of shame about it, to be honest. I mean, I know it was addiction-driven and all the rest of it, but, you know, I also had a sense of what was right and wrong, you know, and I knew that if I was stealing money out of my mate's wallet, it wasn't the right thing to do. Anything for a feel-good, you know. I mean, my mate, Wayne, always talks about taking nutmeg in prison. Well, you know, I did that. I wasn't in prison, but I... Someone told me you'd get high. Okay, I'll give that a go. <laughs> you know, the insanity of what we do when we use it. You walk into some pub you've never been into, you walk up to the sleaziest looking fucker in the joint and you say, hey, anyone on? And he points to the guy over there that you didn't see who looks actually sleazier. You walk up to him and say, you're holding? And he goes, yeah, mate. And you say, is it any good? <laughs> Not shit. <laughs> Yeah. you take his word for it and the first thing you do is go stick it straight in your arm <laughs> like that's insanity but that's what we do I don't have to do any of that shit now you know, I, you know, I had a daughter when I was in recovery I met her mother I, you know, I used to play in bands and I was singing in the band and I went to sing this night and I vomited everywhere because I'd been on it all day you know, and I was just like right. and she was in the crowd so she must have thought that's 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 the I, <laughs> I want him to be the father of my kid. And um, anyway, she came home with me that night and we, you know, <clears throat> we stayed together for seven years, as you do. <laughs> but, you know, I have a you know, beautiful daughter from that um, relationship and um, we're so tight, you know, and it took a lot of work and a lot of time to repair the damage, you know, that had been done. And I never thought I did any damage, you know, because I wasn't that, you know, um, you know, hardcore criminal type fucking unfeeling dude, you know. I was um, I was soft and gentle all the time, you know, and, um, man, I caused some harm to that girl, you know, and, and we've worked pretty hard at that, you know, and she's um, she's extraordinary, you know. She's just written a movie that was number one on Netflix worldwide and, um, you know, she's the head of sales at uh, Village Roadshow uh, nationally, you know, and, like, executive, I don't know how, you know, she's like, and she's never used a drug in her life, you know. Doesn't want to. You know, when I take her out for dinner, we go out and we sit down. I say, do you want to have a drink? She said, ah, Dad, if you're not going to get drunk, what's the point? So, you know, I've got this incredibly full life now, you know. As you said, I'm working, you know, I'm, I never thought I'd ever be a photographer. You know, I worked in the music biz for 20 years, 25 years, and, you know, decided that I, uh, when my marriage ended, that I wanted to do something that I loved. So I got right into my photography and that's, you know, I'm shooting the Dixie Chicks on Saturday at Mahana Valley and I got booked, just got booked to shoot Tom Jones. I didn't, he was still alive. But anyway, so, you know, shit like that. You know, last year I did Rod Stewart and Cindy Lauper and, you know, 
um, sometimes I just have to pinch myself and go, fuck. You know, and I made a lot of money in the music biz, lost it all in the divorce, and now I'm a starving artist. <laughs> I got a lot of money in photography, but um, you spend it all on gear. But anyway, I get to do some crazy shit that I never thought I'd ever do, you know. So I don't know, mate. It's, um, you know, the best people I've ever met are people in recovery, you know. They, um, they're so generous and kind, you know. I mean, I've, I've got diabetes and I had this um, thing with my eyes and, I'm, you know, I'm getting injections in my eyes, you know, and let me tell you, that's not fun. But, you know, every every month uh, I get one in each eye. After 20 odd, I just, you know, I, I can't afford to do this anymore. Well, yeah, my mate and your mate, uh, you, you know who I'm talking about, um, just came around and see me one night and said, mate, uh, me and Jenna, we're paying for this. You're doing it. You know, and people do things like that for you that no one would have ever done that for me when I was using. They would have gone, fuck off. <laughs> Go blind, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I don't know, mate. Um, I don't know if that tells you anything about me, but um I just didn't want to dive too much into the into the using story. No, nah, mate. That's beautiful. It's funny because I don't really ask many questions. I've written down here. You know, I know your recovery story as far as, you know, your ins and outs and that you've stayed clean no matter what, which is yep. I think the most important story. Yep. Through sickness and health, for better or worse, you know, we stay clean, you know. And I wrote down here friendships because I know friendship's a big thing because one of your mates is one of my mates. And um, I know that he's been a big part of your recovery, the same he's been a big part of my recovery. Absolutely, yeah. And I was actually on the phone to him before before we've come on the Zoom. And the funny part is, I helped him get clean. Then I relapsed, and then I detoxed on his floor. And then the Godfather to his daughter, his thirty-seven-year-old daughter. You know, like that's how this program works. You know, and I I love what we have. I love the, you know, if I don't see you for two years, it doesn't matter. I didn't see you for eight years. I went for that little Buddhist retreat up in the fucking valleys. You know, came back very serene. You get the connections, and they actually mean something. Yeah. Ever had a long-term friend? I've known, you know, um, him for twenty-seven and a half years, and we've been really tight for the last probably twenty. You know, I found him quite intimidating at first because he was, you know, he was on your side of the track. You know, I met him through his ex-wife, and my ex-wife were good mates. You know, and so eventually. Yeah, yeah, I was his best man. He was my best man. I never had a friend that long, you know. What would be your biggest gift they've been given in recovery, Tim? Biggest gift would be just freedom from that fucking constant self-obsession, the constant anxiety. Um, the biggest gift is not a thing that you can hold. It's a thing that you that it's probably the only thing you can't take from me. You can take all my material shit, you know. I've heard you saying to me, and if you don't like material stuff, let me know where you live. I'll be around with a truck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I like my material stuff, but, you know, it can all go, you know, and it did when my marriage ended. And, um, you know, but what I've got is, you know, I wouldn't – you get the key tag and say clean and serene for however long. I don't know if I'm serene, you know, but – but I've got to um, feel like I'm a good person. 
you know that movie Saving Private Ryan at, at the um at the start you see the old bloke in the in the cemetery and and then it goes into the film and then at the end it comes back and he's standing there and he he breaks down because he's looking at the grave of the guy who saved his life and you know when he's saving his life when the guy's dying he says to him you earn this and earn this you know and I, and I feel like recovery's like that it's a gift and if you don't respect it and you don't treat it with you know like real care you know you can lose it and he calls his wife over and he says tell me i've been a good man tell me i've been a good man you know every time i you know, I feel emotional now just talking about it because i wasn't a good man you know and you know people in my life now trust me they rely on me um when my mum was dying i was the guy you know i was the guy taking care of her you know and you know, they'd written me out of the will, you know, and, you know, all that had been repaired and, um, you know, I have a, my wife has two kids and, um, you know, her daughter and, and I are so close and she just, she says to me, oh, you know, if I ever get married, I want you to walk me down the aisle, not my dad, yeah. you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Your dad's going to do that, but, you know. What she was saying to me was that, you know, I'd give, you know, what I'd given her, and, and all I've given her is what was given to me. You know, I've nothing, there's nothing original, you know, and she, you know, she tattooed on her body some of the things that I've said to her that I've got from, from what we do. It's all you, you know, don't blame anyone else. It starts with you. You can fix yourself, you can't fix anyone else, you know. And, um, you know, the other thing when she was going to a, um, Relationship breakup was that old chestnut, you know, pain is compulsory, but suffering's option, you know. And she, she had that on her fucking Facebook or Instagram thing forever, you know, because she, you know, the wisdom we get here, I mean, you know, it can, you know, it could be construed as trite at times, but fuck, it's effective, you know, and it really fucking helped her, you know. And so, you know, spreading recovery vibes without being a guy that, you know, I certainly don't preach about it, attraction, not promotion, but you want to know, you know, Sarah's friends, my wife's friends, you know, why are you so calm, you know? Well, you know, because of this, you know? My life is so different than it would have been, you know? And, um, yeah, I just think I would have been one of those miserable fuckers. If I wasn't living under a tree <laughs> in a park somewhere, I would have been that dude down the early opener, you know, uh, you know, getting five bucks on a horse trying to win, you know, the rent, you know, oh, it just would have been fucking horrendous, you know. Uh, but it is a gift, as you said, it is a gift. No one can take it from us. No, that's right. I'm then going to throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. I made a decision: thirty-seven years, seven months, and fourteen days ago. So I'd rather put a gun in my mouth and blow my head off. And go back to active addiction, and I still feel the same today. Uh, um, mate, I hear you. I just not, yeah, not one day have I regretted, um, not using the night before, you know, yeah, no. But, uh, and you know, when I've had, you know, I've had a couple of back operations and stuff in recovery, and you know, I've been on heavy pain meds, and um, I, you know, it fucks you up. Now, it's a dangerous time, we lose a lot of people through pain medication, but it just turns you into someone you don't want to be, you know. The first thing I notice when any of that stuff comes into my system is I just lose my connection with the world. 
you know, all of a sudden I'm an angry, grumpy, you know, and my wife would probably tell you I'm that anyway. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just notice once, once that stuff, once I'm not clean, I just lose my connection with the world, you know, and, uh, and I kind of like my connection with the world, you know. Drinking never made my life good. <laughs> it just made me a complete arsehole. <laughs> I don't like anything that changes the way I feel. That's it. Yeah. Seriously. I don't like anything that changes the way I feel. I like to feel. Same. Same. I have massive arguments with doctors because I also have spinal fusion. You know, I'm sure so 69 years of age and I've got all this medical stuff. And they tell me I'm untruthful because I won't take their tablets. And I said to them, and they, 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 they don't get it, but, they, you know, you give me a tablet that's going to stop me from feeling pain, that same tablet stops me from feeling joy. Yeah. And they look yeah. at me, what the fuck's he saying? I know. Look, I, I, I don't take, um, you know, when, when I had that operation, you know, I, I, I'm not a hero. I took the, yeah. you know, big thing and, the you know, pain meds as, requ- as was prescribed. But, you know, they said, oh, you're probably going to be on these the rest of your life. And I'm like, no fucking way, I'm not. <laughs> I just decided it wasn't going to stop me. So, you know, I go to the gym and I fucking lift weights and, I, you know, do what I am lo- what I like to do. I'll be 60 next birthday, you know. And, um, you know, you, you fuck, man, like you just said, you know, when you get older, you fucking you live with pain. <laughs> There's the name. <laughs> fucking hell, I'm old. It's just part of life. Yeah, that's it, mate. You know, I had an old mate of mine who used to come and visit me in jail. He was 64 years sober when he died at 80, 86 years of age, I think he was. And he used to say to me, get nose not for pussies, kid. It ain't, mate. And I used to laugh. He said it right up till he died. He only died two years ago, but he died at 64 years sober. Jesus. Gentleman, mate, a beautiful man. And he said to me, Ronnie, the seek to recovery is acceptance. I agree with that. Yeah. He said, except that you can't have a drink and have a good life, you got this fucked. And I accept Anything, though, you know, like my diabetes, you got accept it, yeah. you know. Your fucking, your back fusions, you know, you got to live with them. Yep. You know. Accept it. Fail against that stuff. All, yeah. the, all, the, all the suffering comes from me on lack of acceptance. I agree. Acceptance is the key, mate, you know. As your acceptance. Yeah. I like the I like the I like the the the, the one in um a few good men, you couldn't handle the truth. Yeah. yeah. It's one of my favorite that's what my company's called the truth about addiction. I love that saying, you know, you couldn't handle the truth. You know, you, you know me pretty well, I tell the truth. Yeah, say I'm the most honest criminal in the fucking world. I've never pretended to be not not a criminal. You know what I mean? I never made out, I never it's... never made out I was a fucking spiritual guru and then fucking ran in the back door. You know, I always said to everybody, I'm a fucking crook. You know, and that's the way it is. You know, today I'm not. It's really nice. I like not being a crook. It took me hard. It was the hardest thing for me to stop. Well, you know? it's probably another addiction in some ways. Well, it was. Yeah. I had to put it on the program just for the day I don't commit a crime. Yeah. It was a way of life. What's recovery? A way of life. Yeah. Drug addiction, a way of life. Way of death. We have the power to choose what we do. I'm not a victim. Not for one minute have I ever claimed victim. Yeah, we're volunteers, mate. Yeah, mate. Except for when it comes to women. 
then I'm a hostage. <laughs> the final frontier, eh? <laughs> Mate, I've had a few, and I know nothing about any of them. Nah, well, that's yeah, that's probably okay, mate. Yeah, you just accept them. I've accepted <laughs> that. Exactly right. I've accepted that I know shit all about them. I never will, and I'll just say, "Yes, sweetheart. No, honey, it's okay. I'll do that." And you know, um, when we moved in this the flat that we're living in now, um, my wife said, "All right, we're going to do this. We'll set it up like this." And I, it's my needs and blah blah. Eventually, I got to a point where I was like, "Oh fuck this! You know, I can't argue about this anymore." Fucking looks amazing. <laughs> Let them be. <laughs> yeah, my wife makes all the good decisions. Yeah, that's right. Wayne talks about Jen being the voice of reason. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, my wife's the voice of reason. All yeah. right, my friend. Thank you very much for coming on about the truth about addiction. Great to be here. Somewhere, someone will listen to this and they'll go like, fuck yeah, I relate to that guy. And that's what this is all about. It's all about carrying the message to the addict who still suffers. And hopefully somebody gets something out of two old bastards <laughs> talking about how it was like, what they did, and what it's like today. Thanks, Timmy. Thanks very much. See ya. I solemnly swear that I will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God.